what you're looking at uh, with 5.56 is you're looking for a muzzle device suppressor combination that will allow you to shoot, you know, unsuppressed inside of a home and not blow your situational awareness or your ears out of the water. Mm-hmm. All right. What is up, everybody? I have Jim to my right and Chris from Vortex Edge across from us. Jim, real quick, uh, people, uh, they're missing you. Because, you know, you're kind of, you, you flow in and out. You're I like water. That. That's nice with, of people. With the Vortex Nation podcast, people are like, ah, it's not the same. I agree. Thanks. I like having you here. I like having Chris more, though. Chris, what's up, dude? How you guys doing, man? Well, Good. It's been a minute. Yeah. Look at that. Is that is that the classic Wisconsin passive-aggressive, or was that just aggressive? What is Wisconsin passive-aggressive that you always talk about? Wisconsin passive-aggressive, Maybe it's Midwest. I, I don't much, know. I don't even know what. That was something new entirely. <laughs> it was a new level of- That was cruel. Yeah, it was kind of targeting. Here I started off mm. with a compliment and just completely ruined it. Sorry. Backhanded. Yeah. Mm, well, no. That I w- would be like, wow, you lost way more weight than I ever would have thought you could have. That's like a good <laughs> backhanded compliment. Uh, I don't, so You're I don't still know what, fat. Whatever, but... you, did, <laughs> whatever yeah. you did, I just don't know what to call it, but it, it was... Well, I'm, what, not, I'm not sitting here thinking time. myself, dad hit, just hit mom at the table. Let's put it that way. So yeah. you are or not? I'm not. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm not getting that vibe right now. Okay. You know I mean? What I was trying yeah. to do was because I am so excited about having Chris here that I was trying to like I was trying to be like convey that, but in the process, I was a jerk. Yeah. You know, so, it took us it took us a really long time to finally start recording, and now we're already still just completely fine. This is that's what, crap we're giving the people what they want, right? So I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. so. They clicked no. on this episode thinking they were going to talk about. AR-15s for home defense. That sounded that sounded like the robot at the self-checkout aisle. <laughs> you have one AR-15 <laughs> for self-defense, or whatever it is. Here's uh, the deal, and we got a couple on the table. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. But uh, the AR-15, as, as we know, comes in every shape, size, color. We talk about them in terms of being application-specific. And, uh, I mean, you can't, you, you can make them purpose built for whatever the heck you want. And for the purpose of this conversation, we're talking home defense, which there's mm-hmm. a, some specialty to it, I guess, if you will. Some we, nuance, if you will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We talked a little bit about, actually, I don't know if it will have released this before or after this podcast release, but in the, in the Vortex Edge podcast, Chris and I talked a little bit about carbine versus pistol for home defense. And the, the consensus was that there really isn't necessarily a right and a wrong answer between those two. There's pros and cons to each. And so it's highly possible and likely that we will do another episode about you know the pistol setup and all that with for home defense. But we're going to kind of concentrate on one. And I think that you know Chris has two examples here on the table. Now, Chris being Chris, and I think that you will get to know him either through episodes you've listened to on this podcast or from listening to the Edge podcast. Chris loves gear. And he likes to kit his stuff out like, I mean... He's he likes to go fast, and so uh, there's a lot going on with these guns. So we'll be. I'm curious as we go through this, you know, what Chris's things are that are like, yo, this thing is a must. Versus, I just like this thing. You know, maybe you don't need to go as as full um, psycho as me. The the nice part about what I feel we have here is like, here's everything, and then 
what's right for you, you can dial it back. Yep. Yeah. Or you might just want to dial it up to Chris level because I, yep. I like what I'm saying. Maybe you do. I did just notice, though, um, you're not rocking the a laser on either one of these. I've seen both of these guns with lasers on them before. Yes. Anyway, of, we'll get in. Yeah, we'll yeah. Get, we'll anyway, so, that, yeah. okay. So you're okay. not full psycho, but. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm psycho on a budget, let's say. Is that fair? <laughs> no, it's not. No. Look, no, understanding what's on the table here, it's I don't still think not we budget. Should, we're not, uh, we shouldn't be using the word psycho because it's not an accurate portrayal. We're using it slang-wise. People might misinterpret it. Right. Uh, oh, I think those people I don't, don't actually have a mental condition. Those people yeah. probably don't. I'm sorry. They're not a, they probably don't. Or they're not regular listeners, I don't think. Or at least no. they may not have. Anyway, Chris is not psychotic, and this is actually a very level-headed approach to home defense. You know how not people like brain. to... Uh, <sighs> I know. These days, it's like everyone's trying to... Well, and then they can know, like cut up what you say. Hedge you so off then, at the past. Yeah. You know, you're yeah, just yeah, yeah, going yeah. through this valley of the shadow of death, and there's all these... Yeah. All of a sudden, people like take excerpts of what you said, and they're like, Chris is a psycho because he hates AR-15, you know, or loves yeah. AR-15, you yeah, know, yeah, like... Yeah. The mm-hmm. fakes out there. I tell you what, if you hate our AR-15s, you're a psycho. There, I said it. Way to go. Okay. I support that message. So, Chris, carbine for home defense. We've yes. talked a little bit about some of the pros and cons. Why don't you just briefly go over some of the pros and cons of the carbine? I'm sure that's going to dovetail into some of how we set them up. Because just to kind of give a teaser to what we're probably going to talk about here, we have ARs here that are of different barrel lengths, and therefore also the handguard and just the whole package as a whole is shorter. We've got uh, both of them actually happen to have suppressors on them. I'm curious to talk a little bit about that in a yep. defense context. We've got a red dot. We've got one with a low power variable with an offset red dot. You know, we've got kind of like, I want to talk about slings, you know, do you use one at home? All this stuff. So there's there's a lot to this. But storage. Storage. I mean, all sorts of stuff, yeah. So real quick, though, like very high level, some of the pros and cons to having an AR as your home defense rig. I like having a, uh, the AR as an option because I can, I feel I can comfortably put this in one of my loved one's hands and just say, hey, I need you to stay here, watch that door. If anything other than like one of us comes to it, take the safety off and and and, and go right. Okay. Um, it's it's a very simplistic way to like, hey, just put the red thing on the bad guy, safety off, and and do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's that's something that lends itself well to like making other people assets in your home defense plan. And right? it's a little bit easier to maintain a higher degree of accuracy and marksmanship with a with a rifle, as we all know, than it is with a pistol. You know, if your experience is more limited on the pistol side of things, that's that's what I'm getting at. Most people are. You know, yep. it just take, it takes more work to get better with a pistol. But. Yep. I mean, we've we've all seen the movies where like dude just like throws a handgun to someone and say, "Hey, man, watch." You know, do that. But then, I mean, the reality is like less points of contact with a handgun, yep. lots more uh, yep. room for error. So, I I just I like to be able to prop this thing up, say, "Hey, just stay here, watch that, do the thing." You know what I mean? If if, if the need arises, also um, more standoff distance. Right, I'm I'm really comfortable shooting uh, 25 yards. I'm, I mean, I've certainly taken shots uh, further out than 25 yards, but this buys me like beyond a shadow of a doubt accuracy and reliability. You know, in in what what, what some would call like CQB dis- distance, right? Especially like if I'm covering like a long hallway or something, I know that this thing is going to be. I just need to put the thing on the thing, and I'm good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, I've always held that you know guns are violence at a distance. So if if I had to pick like really quickly between something that you know twenty five and in, I'm I'm, I'm pretty comfortable uh, comfortable with. But if I can go like zero out to like 
50 and 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 I comfortably cover all those areas that I might have in, inside of a home, then yeah, I'm, I'm good. Not saying that I have like a 50-yard distance inside of a home, but man, I can really reach out and touch something reliably. You know what I mean? With a, with a round that's moving, you know, uh, pretty quickly and has a, a small surface area. Mark's you know, house has a, has a few 50-yard corridors. I would imagine so. I yeah, would, I would, his estate, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The gated community. Yep. I was just about yep. to ask if that was like a humble brag from Chris. Like, you know, when you're shooting across your 50-yard home. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I'm looking up the up the road, but no, um, not not inside my home, not not by any means. But um, well, what about like possibly an advantage? And, and you, I think you mentioned slings earlier, Jimmy. It was either before or in the intro. But like, is that a potential advantage that you can, you know, drop the firearm but still maintain it without having to reholster necessarily? I would say is that so. anything you think about, or am yeah. I? Yeah, well, it is nice because you have the the sling is like your holster, but you didn't have to put on a belt and then all the stuff to get it to be. You know what I mean? So yeah. like you could jump up and theoretically be in your boxers, but have this thing holstered. Whereas if you have a pistol, then you got to put on the pants with the belt, with the holster, with the you know. So there's a little bit. Yeah, that's the point I was gonna make. I, I, I yeah, do I keep uh like my appendix rig and and holster like by by my my nightstand? Oh. You know what I mean? Sure, but I'm not like putting that on until like my joggers or my shorts or whatever it is I'm sleeping in, and then I have the ability to, like if I if I did need to use it, well now what? You know what I mean? Um, I don't have. Uh, am I really gonna reholster a gun that heavy in, into my pants in, into something like shorts or a jogger? No, heck no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be thinking about that. I'm just gonna grab it and go right. And I think one of the one of the cool things that you know diving a little bit into the setup about having a sling on, on the carbine, like to your point, I can just sling that thing and still be in 100% control of it and and be working on stuff and be solving problems. If I haven't dumped it off with a loved one and said, hey, watch that door, right? If I'm barricading a door, so to speak, um, if I'm putting wedges under doors and stuff like that. Um, I was wondering what that was. I can, yeah. It, or these, yeah, we, we can talk about these a little bit, but you know, I, I love them for home defense and other applications. But yeah, it, it's a great way to retain the gun. Right, make sure that it's not being flagged all over the place, and um, but with a handgun, like I'd have to make a choice. Like I, I all right, I've I've got this thing, but I have to go like uh, jam the door or something. Uh, I'm not going to just put it down and like have kids running around potentially, and you know, or or put it in a place to where now I'm stressed out and I, I forget things easily anyway. Not that that's any excuse, but like if I put a handgun down and I'm I go to do something, I'm suddenly like, where's my handgun? And I, I just I don't want to create like that much more of a delay. If this thing is on me, I know it's slung. I know it's ready. I can go do the perform the task necessary and then get right back on it. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's one of the nice things of having a sling, like you said. Very clothing yep. non-specific. One hundred percent. Yes, and it's like you said, man. Just, just it's, it's, it's the carbine's way of sol- solving that retention issue mm-hmm. you know, without having another piece of gear, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I don't think by any stretch of the imagination we're saying, oh, a pistol's not a good for a home defense no, thing. No, not and, at all. And I don't even. No, I don't it has think its own pros and cons. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So I just want to make that clear right. before. <laughs> and like we said, it's a, it's another future episode. Um, can you describe on the table, we have two different options in front of us that, that you brought along, um, and can you describe kind of what it is about them that you feel makes them great you know, home defense uh, carbine setups? Yep. I'll talk about uh, this uh, carbine in black here. Um, and guys, of course, for those who aren't watching, this is a 14.5-inch pin and welded Daniel Defense M4A1. Okay. Um, I, br- I want to talk about this one uh First and foremost, because a lot of people will ask, like, well, hey, what carbine can I get 
that will kind of cover a broader spectrum of applications. And I think I think this is a great option, right? Um, it's le- legally shorter than a full 16-inch gun, right? But it actually does provide uh, a shorter kind of profile in that aspect. So mm-hmm. it's a little, you, you get a little more maneuverability out of yeah. this thing. You know what I mean? Let's just, I just want to address yep. that real fast yep. in case someone's listening here, very new to the world of AR-15s and such. So rifles have to have a minimum barrel length of 16 inches in order for you to not have to register them with the NFA to be SBRs, short-barreled rifles. Now, if you have a 16-inch barrel and it's threaded, usually you're going to put a muzzle device on the end, like a flash hider or a muzzle brake or something like that, uh, which are another topic entirely. But then that will further add on to the 16 inches. So what some people have done is they have chopped the barrel shorter to about 14.5 inches, and then they pin and weld on, you know, you can call it permanently, That's it's de- deemed permanent, the muzzle device, which then the muzzle device is what takes it to 16 inches. And so therefore, in you're at actually 16 inches, not like 17 and a half. Yep. Yeah. So, to your point, like if you guys, you guys watching, you can see that little weld mark. That's where like the, uh, at the factory, this device was, was kind of made to be technically a part of the barrel, therefore making, giving you that, that satisfactory right. 16 inch. Sorry to interrupt. That was yep. my commercial. Nope. Nope. No, no that's good. That's a good clarification, yep. Jim. Yep. So, yeah, and especially to the point of like, if you're looking for a first rifle, right? I think this is great. Right, it's not going to be like a musket length, uh, sixteen inch uh, gun. <laughs> musket length, and and it's and it's a great starter gun. I mean, it, it, in fact, um, when we put people through our um, intro to carbine class, they shoot a fourteen and a half gun. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I I just think they're great utilitarian guns that that would make a, a solid first purchase. And I mean, I, I was active duty Marine Corps. We took fourteen and a half inch guns and did CQP all day long with them. You know what I mean? And and we're fine. Um, but you try to do that with like a 16 inch, 18 inch gun, you it it starts to become a little bit of, of of a hassle. Not not that it can't be done; it has been done. But I just like this setup for for having more more options. While barrel length is the topic of conversation, yep. I think the reason why it's a topic of conversation here is because we're talking about you know being inside your home, and you may need to move within your home. Now we have another episode you and I did about like. CQB, which is like close quarters battle, not really being a great home defense plan. Um, And so that's kind of one thing entirely. You still may need to move throughout your home, though, with your firearm. And so having something that's a little bit more, uh, you know, shorter is is less unwieldy, less gangly, less uh, potentially to be knocking around in your hallways, for example, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you're you're navigating in an interior environment where you have walls, corners, coffee tables, kids' toys... No, what now? No posts. Oh, no, yeah. Fix they'll, the no post. They'll get you. Um, but anyway, so like that 14.5, which of course has been welded to be 16 inches, that's kind of more of a, a standard length AR. Right. And so, you know, you have this one on the table here, which I, I presume to be what, 10.3? 10.3 inches. 10.3, yeah. okay, to be exact, because it's Master a Mark 18. Race. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> What is it that makes your 14.5 here a better example for somebody who's looking for a more do-it-all AR? Why isn't the the shorter the shorter AR, you know, equally as do-it-all, or is it just really that it's a little bit more of a process to get, being that you have to go through the SBR paperwork and stuff like that? So this is just more of like, are you saying it because this is more of an immediate, like you get it and go? A hundred percent. Yeah, I can. You can walk into a gun store right now, um, depending on where you live, and just like purchase one of these, right? right? And and, and I and walk I've, out with and it. And walk out. Yeah, and you're fine. Much, yeah. 
you, you know, know with, what I mean? a, with the exception of like hi, having like a like a an optic system on it, it it'd be ready to go right right, right out of the box. You know what I mean? It, it it doesn't matter like make manufacturer. Um, you can walk out of most stores with like a a fourteen five pin and welded, or ha- if you wanted to, like a sixteen inch gun, and just be completely fine. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I will throw again yep. just for the sake of clarification and dotting our eyes and crossing our t's when we're talking about walking out, provided you pass. The background check and there's an exchange of money and funds, right? I don't, I don't recommend like walking to a gun store, or picking oh, you something off. What time to be alive? We have to have all these, all these disclaimers. In, I get it, Mark. I totally. Well, understand. you hear like when you all these people the, are like, well, anybody can just go and just you know, because uh, it's not like that at all. Like no, there's there's not. a process, you right? Go through stuff, but right. provided you pass all that, you're law abiding. Mm-hmm. You, you know, Americans yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah. You're so good. anyway, but this is a more immediate. You can get it. You can go. You can start shooting with it, training with it, and then using it for yeah. home defense. One hundred percent. And I and I and I can tell you from from experience um i don't know 50 and in comparable uh performance out of both right um from a from like the user standpoint or from a accuracy standpoint yes. or both i would say both okay. you know what i mean like i can hold really tight groups at 50 with the shorter barrel than I, and maybe slightly tighter at 50 you know just just more consistent maybe with this 145 but the performance is going to be just the same like I, I can run them just as hard it's almost a wash in my, okay. in my opinion 50 and in right um, i zero both of them at 50 that's that's the only reason i say that but beyond that i would say if if i if i had to be honest like if i if i had to and, and i mean you know, um, Grantham and admin results just did a video on this. Like you're going to struggle a little bit, like beyond 200 yards, right? Just the groups are going to open up naturally. I mean, that's just, you're referring to the shorter one, the shorter one. Yeah. So that's, that's why I just say guys, like like, a a great first time by like this, this is going to do a lot more for you. Like I I can, I I feel comfortable like going to like a a scoped carbine class or that kind of environment uh, where where you're kind of stretching the legs and the capability of a five, five, six cartridge or a two, two, three cartridge with this guy. Um, the longer one. The longer one. We have listeners, remember? Right, the longer one. Yes, the the, the one uh, nearest to me here. Or if 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 I needed to do like a CQB class or something for, for that kind of context, I would also be able to, sure. to do this. So I, I it's just it's kind of like a, um, a Leatherman or you know a Swiss Army knife of, of the gun world, in my opinion. I'm, I'm a, I've always been a big 14.5 fan. So cool. Yeah. Right on. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, but. <laughs> Short guns are cool, though. Too, Short right? guns are awesome. I, so my question was going to be that while we're talking about length, <laughs> mm-hmm. given, okay, looking at, like, let's say you're like, my primary use for an AR is going to be interior home defense. Would you be like, well, in that case, then I would, you know, go through the process of getting an SBR. And, and like, would you, like, if you were going to pick one that was just for home defense, would you pick the shorter one? Because I'm a nerd, and because of like the background I have, I would say yes. Okay, you know what I mean. Do you think that's a realistic way to look at it, though? Okay, like I so. Don't know. Now, hey, I'm not going to discourage anybody from going and buying, you know, more guns, right? Yep. You know, so, like, by all means, all the whatever those were, the yep. the, the context aside. But like, if you're buying an AR and you're like, oh, the only thing I'll use this for is home defense, especially for somebody who hasn't done a lot of shooting or hasn't done a lot of training or whatever. Like, I don't think that's a great way to, to look at it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're going to want to buy something that you're going to also be training with, also potentially using, uh, you know, at varying distances. Yeah, I think it, it, it helps somebody learn a lot about their firearm, about them as a shooter, if they, if they stretch out the distances occasionally and stuff like that. So I don't 
necessarily think that you should look at it as like this the only thing this will be used for is no but i think there are people who buy an ar for pretty much a single-minded application or there are people who go this is my 10th ar and i want one for my house that that's what yeah that's, that's for. yeah i think that's, that's fair. and that's fair yeah i think that's that's a that's a stark uh kind of difference to kind of point out right like if if i'm saying i need one gun right i would go here but because the lo- little bit longer, a little longer, like fourteen five, like like I've been saying, right? But if I, if, the, if like if I'm looking to pick up like my second AR, right? I would I would probably yeah probably venture off into this. But if if you're saying like I I um I'm only looking to get one AR, um, but it's going to be heavy heavy. Like all I'm going to use it for is home defense. The minute that you step out your door with that thing, you know what I mean? You're like crap. Like the world is long, you know what I mean. <laughs> there's so other things. There's yeah. other things out there, right? So it, 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 I thought I was flat. It's not flat, apparently. Right. right. I think some <laughs> people, all, you know, tend to will tend to look at their at their home defense rig as also then doubling into. And we've had some podcasts like oh, this, yeah. Mark, I know like where you're your going. prepper, yeah, rig. You know, mm-hmm. like your doomsday rig, your prepper, your recce rig, your <laughs> yeah, something like that. So in in which case, that's where okay. So if we're gonna pick one gun, that's all I was getting at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With yep. the, so yeah. No. Um, yeah. You can you can accomplish a whole lot with either one, either the ten point three or a fourteen and a half. But I would say again, your first AR out of the box, I I would I would maybe mm-hmm. steer more to. And that as much as that hurts me to say, because I am a huge huge apologist for the ten point three. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I would I would lean people more this way. Right. Can I talk? Can we talk about um, caliber? Oh, that's what I was just going to do anyway. Were you? Yeah. Do it. Which I think is perfect because we just talked. Okay, just let's just talk about it because that was the next thing on my list too. Two two three or five five six. We all know five five six is better because it's metric. Just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, I know, but like two two three five five six, very common. It's it's arguably the most common. I would say the most common cartridge that is fired out of an AR platform. Now, there's a much ado in terms of conversation around two two three inside of your home. Let's say right. And so that in and of itself is a conversation. Like people talk about overpenetration. Let's say you you miss, which you don't ever set out to do, but you know stuff can happen. You miss. What's going to happen to that bullet? Uh, it doesn't just vanish into thin air as soon as it crosses the plane of uh, said threat in your home. So there's that. Now another, I would say, very common cartridge that is in AR platforms, and that is oftentimes associated with close quarters, and you also have suppressors on these, which is another topic of conversation, but is, of course, the 300 blackout. And that has conversation around it. And, you know, I've even scratched my head at times with, like, what is the final verdict? Because some people say, well, all right, if you're getting the 300 blackout because you want to suppress it because that can be nice inside of a house, you're not blowing out your eardrums and, like, really disturbing uh, everyone else's kind of psyche. Um you know, well, then you have to shoot subsonic. Are the subsonic rounds good enough to stop a threat? And so there's a lot going yep. on with like cartridge selection, caliber selection. What are your thoughts there? These are both 223 guns. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, I'll say, yeah, yeah, we'll just say 223 to make yep. it easy. To keep it simple, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? So the first exposure I ever had to 300 blackout was watching a buddy shoot at a range at 100 yards and he had subs. Okay. I mean, it was like I, I'd never heard of the thing. This is, I mean, this is back in 2010 or so. You okay. know what I mean? And I just remember having an appreciation for how high above the target he had to hit. He had to aim to hit at 100 yards and the time of flight. I was like, this is nuts. Why mm-hmm. would every anyone want this? You know what I mean? Um, but 
uh, and and I and I've and full disclosure, I've never seen like what three hundred blackout looks like interacting with tissue. Right here, a lot of people do take that kind of cartridge and go hunt with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, am I right? I've never been hunting before, but I've I've, I've heard stories. You know, I've, oh, you know, I took I took this this deer this this buck with with three hundred blackout, and it, and it had great effects. Right. And right? I don't know how many people are doing that with subs. Though. I, I think, think a lot they're of times, mostly using the supers, like one fifty eight grain soft point or something like that. That's yep. what I have, at least yep. for my three hundred blackout AR yep. that I've thought about taking hunting it. Truth be known, I haven't done it yet though. Let's see. Now I have taken a couple of raccoons. With three hundred blackout, mm. like if you're you get like if you get like um, home invaded by raccoons, like three hundred blackout <laughs> is the way. I'm just gonna put that out there. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? Subs, subs and all, like it's gonna get the job done. Because you know you're mean? pushing what, like a two hundred green pill or something like that out of the. I've got some two twenty OTMs. Okay, that's that what that's what we got down at the range. And those too. are the subs or the supers? The subs, subs. very much okay. sub. Yep. So I mean, you you're increasing. The surface area, so I would imagine you would get uh, a more reliable, like less ability to, to go beyond what you're shooting at. Right. Right. You get an immediate dump of energy. That that's that's kind of where my head goes with it. Big hole. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. A lot of energy being transferred there. But again, I've just I I, I I'll put it out there. I just don't have a ton of experience mm-hmm. watching it in 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 action. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. With five five six, I mean, I've been I've been shooting. I mean, sorry, two two three and five five six. I've been shooting the stuff for two decades. Like I've seen firsthand what it does to like you know, tissue threats, a a various array of media. Let's say, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, Things that are trying to hurt you. Right, right. So, um, yeah, and I and I think another another kind of consideration there is that a lot of us will just buy a bunch of ammo. Say like. For example, just spitballing here, but like I go and I want to start training. I want to be a, a better prepared person. I just go and invest in a thousand rounds of 55 grain ball, which is maybe one of the most common uh, five, five, six, two, two, three rounds out there, right? And that's and there and then so you go to the range, you train, you go to your class and you train, but then that's kind of what you load up for home defense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think I think that can be something that needs to be talked about because I think like. A, a, a smaller round like that, like a 55 grain moving as fast as it is. I, I think um, white boxing, like some of the 55 grain we have at the range, I mean, it's pushing 3K plus in terms of muzzle velocity. Screaming. Right, screaming. And it's a solid bullet. So, yeah, you may have to consider, like, those rounds passing through walls and, you know, maybe even your intended target. So, um, I, I've I've certainly seen um, the effects that training ammo, I w- I'm going to call it, has moving through multiple different things. I've seen that. We put those kind of demonstrations on for people, you know, back back in my old police department. So, um, but there's a lot to be said about rounds that are specifically made to be defense rounds in, mm-hmm. that, in that area. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen some really, really cool results. In fact, I've been in houses where above me, there's stuff going on, and I, I know for a fact they're shooting down into the room I'm in, and I'm I'm fine. In fact, we, we there's no passing through that that round is is finding its mark, and and I'm and I'm going to be good to go. You know what I mean? So I've I've seen that firsthand for, for myself, um, specifically a, a a certain round called the Ranger round, I believe from I Winchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's just like a like a uh, if you've seen like a Hornady Spire point, which is just like a kind of like a filled in tip, kind of like a uh, akin to like a Hornady tap round. 
Okay. Right. They're just designed around like dumping their energy, flattening out, and stopping. Right. Right. Um, I I think that really lends itself well to to being a trusty home defense gun. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. I mean, we talk about bullet construction all the time yep. in terms of hunting. You know, we talk about, oh, deer hunting or this, or, oh, maybe you have an awkward angle where, you know, um, you know you're going to need a lot of penetration or you want a lot of penetration or you want that bullet to hold together. But then, you know, conversely, you can talk about the same things. Oh, no, actually, I want a bullet that's going to, you know, expand quickly. Or, right. You know, or right. it's it's interesting that it's really a similar discussion. It is. 100%. Ways. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, you also want the reverse, depending. Like, you're like, oh, I don't want a lot of penetration, you know, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would just encourage you guys, like, uh, to the listeners, like, really do your homework. There's a lot of information out there available in, in terms of ballistic testing, um, different barrel lengths, and how that impacts, you know, uh, the, the uh, terminal muzzle velocity of, of around. Like, do your homework, and, and yes, I, I encourage you guys to train, like, get bulk ammo, go to the range, take classes, do all that stuff, but then like take a hard look at what you're going to choose to defend your home with. Cause that, I think there needs to be a conversation had there um, and how those things can differ. Right. Mm. Those, those are two different solutions. I think I don't want to shoot like my defensive rounds, like, and, and incur that cost. That's expensive. I, I, it's yeah, it can be, it can be it's hard to train know, with three, three to four to one times um, the cost of like just training ammo, but like you need to train as well. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you find, you know, speaking of that, like, yeah, you want to, if you're going to, you know, have this and you want to use it for that application, you want to train with it. So you're training, like you said, with training ammo, which is less expensive. You can shoot it at a higher volume for less money. Likely not the choice to put in your mags when, you know, you have it ready for go time. But what about like zeros? Do you see much POI shift between your training ammo and then the drip rounds that you're going to use for, you know, defensive work? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a great question, man. Um, I, I, uh, so we shoot with either a 55 grain, again, going back to my statement earlier, it's, it's one of the more common training or bulk ammos, ammunitions that you, you find out there for these kind of guns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have like 62 grain, which is a great, a great round um, to train and, and kind of collect data with. Um, and then you, the, the, I would say the Gucciest round we have down at the range is that 75 grain stuff. I mean, you know, it's, it's great. And That's I've an seen, OTM, right? yes. Open tip match. and I have seen what that stuff does to, to, um, to tissue. It's, it's very good at, at what it's designed to do. Is that what you shot that coyote with when we went out that one time, Jim? Uh, no, that was a 69 grain boat tail hollow point. Oh, never mind. So OTM, Botet, Hollow Point, that stuff, I mean, I, I'm a big fan because I've seen it for myself. You know what I mean? Now, um, there may be people that disagree, but I've just, I'm telling you from like my experience, that stuff, that stuff will get the job done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but then, uh, you know, to uh, again, I'm not going to shoot that in bulk. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not going to play bullet holes at seven yards with that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that starts to add up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Typically, uh, if I if I put like a, a sixty two grain or a fifty five grain zero on this gun, and uh, and or, or let me back up, if I put a seventy five grain zero on this gun, and then I for training purposes I just shoot like a fifty five or sixty two, I'm out of this gun at least out of this fourteen five. I've seen maybe POIs, uh, point of impact shifts of, of maybe at most two two and a half inches. At 50 yards, which is not a whole lot, you know what I mean? Um, 
so it's it's pretty negligible, but it's 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 one of those things that you just have to know for yourself, right? I would highly encourage you um, to maybe take a box of ammo of, of defensive stuff, uh, zero with it, and then see how it befa- behaves in different shooting positions. You know your standing position, see how it, how it likes to to move it in, or how it moves the gun in a good prone position in a kneeling position because those, those would probably be some of the most common ways that you'll like hunker down and defend something, right? And then um, do the same process with your training ammo because you you want to make sure that you know just because you're 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 zeroed with this really Gucci ammo, you don't want to look like a jabroni when you can't hit anything with your training ammo, right? Or or I, I would say like if you know we use we use B8s often to zero a target, and of course guys if you don't know what a B8 is, like just just Google it. But um, it it basically has that X ring. Then you have a, a ten, a nine, and an eight. The differences are. With with seventy five rain, I'm I'm punching that X out right out of this thing, and then with like fifty five grain, I might at most I might be like on the ten nine border, you know, mm-hmm. low and left mm-hmm. a little bit, but but that's it. It's negligible at best. Gotcha. Where, where I w- I would say like even a home defense situation, if you don't have your magazines properly marked, and you just grabbed that training ammo being zeroed with with like a, a good defensive round, and you threw it in there quick, you, it's not going to matter in in the distances that we're defending homes with good good little hidden pro tip there yep. too about marking your magazines with 100 yeah and that's why I, I i'm i don't have any on, on the table but like i i put like t- i actually texture my mags so that i know you know the smooth ones that's training stuff the the you know grippy ones that that's that's the that's the ones i want you know what i mean yeah i don't do that because i shoot 556 five, and 300 blackout and i never put 300 blackout in a polymer mag and i never put 556 five, smart in a metal, in a metal mag I like that. I like that. That's a good system. Yeah. Jim, with your experience or what y- you know about the 300 blackout, Chris, like one thing that I was reading, it seemed like it made sense. Now, I'm not sure if it was within the context of only subs or supers or both, but they were saying that the um, muzzle flash was less. So, you know, I don't know if you've heard that at all, Jim, or if that's a thing, or, or, or if you're... If that's a thing, if you're not using a suppressor, but if you are using a suppressor, then it's not as big a deal. Or, or what about? Well, let's I mean, just talk about muzzle flash and suppressors. Like, is the suppressor going to mitigate that muzzle, muzzle flash, or same, or different? Or my experience, at least with the 10.3, I do get like maybe first round flash, right? But then subsequent rounds are, 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 are the signature is almost reduced and kind of just takes care of itself, right? Okay. Um, with the 14.5, I have far less of that. I might have like maybe one in four rain sessions that start with a flash and then that just kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to be a little controversial here. I, I don't think muzzle flash is really an important consideration. Really? Because really? if I'm, if I'm having to defend myself with this in, in a, in a home, then I've like, this person has already made it through layers upon layers of, of things that I've done to make it harder for them to get in to, to like hurt me or my family. So they've kind of made that decision for me. They're going to know exactly where I am, and hopefully, I have I have created enough of an angle to that entry point that I I don't care if they see that first round. I mean, oh, you're thinking from a oh. con- from a context of them seeing you, right? Oh, right, yeah. right. So I, that's less of what I'm concerned about. More what I think about when I think of muzzle flash is how much of a distraction it is to me because I've got that. <laughs> that's I've, fair. I've okay. got that. That's little, where I was. Uh, I've got that. So nine, how flashy it is? Oh yeah, yeah, I've got that nine and a half inch Robinson Arms thing. 
And Jim, yeah, I, got, I have PTSD of like you shooting that next to me. I got I got I something to say about that as well. Well, and so that's one thing that that we didn't really discuss about barrel length. But the shorter you go, especially if you're shooting to twenty three five five six, um, a little flashier. It's going to be sure. pretty dragony, and yeah. uh, some people think that's cool, but yep. it can also be pretty like to the point where when I didn't have a good flash hider, which now I do have, and now it's I don't see anything. But like there was so much fire in my optic that I was looking through that it actually would have made like follow-up shots difficult because yep. it was just like I couldn't even see the red dot anymore. I like, couldn't see anything. It was just like a yep. flashbang was going off in front of my... I also want people to know that I wasn't uh, making light of PTSD or using that slang. I was actually trying to make fun of that ridiculous Man, video. A lot, of, a lot of caveats Well, today. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because like, I know I that's like a super... That one. It's that when that one uh, reporter said they got PTSD from taking one shot out of an AR. Oh, my word. That's okay. what I was... I was trying to make fun of him. So all of that <laughs> being said, um, I have gone to these closed tine war comps from Surefire on most of my guns. Now, I still have one gun uh, that has a full-on muzzle break on it, yeah. right? So in many ways, yes. Do I buy into the fact that maybe the bullet grain or the bullet itself has a lot to do with the flash overall i i think it, it like your muzzle device and, and your, your choice there has a lot to say in that sure you know what okay I, mean? I would never and i, I want to stress ever um like never shoot that gun that has that muzzle break anywhere near sorry near my family dude it would it's ridiculous right it's actually the gun that i plan on taking to um to to, to the two gun section match right right because it's so flat because it's it's directing so much stuff out to the sides and up, it's a really flat shooter, which I I need in that context, right? But it's a it's 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 pretty miserable to be around. Oh yeah, you know I, I mean? mean it's it's awful. I mean all I'm seeing, especially fifty five grain, the sixty two grain doesn't do it a lot, but that that fifty five fifty five grain. It is launching flame on either side of that thing. It's offensive. You know Those what I mean? guns, they're it's uh, so bad. They're loud enough and disruptive, or disruptive enough to uh, knock the farmer next door off straight off his tractor. Oh dear! Uh, just from there. the sound alone. Ask me how I know. <laughs> that was an interesting call to field yeah. the day after a range day. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, so one thing you do have on here is you have suppressors mm-hmm. on here. So, you know, 223, in addition to an, out of a short barrel being quite uh, flashy, it is also quite barky. Yes. Now, on your 10.3-inch barrel, you're able to get away with a longer suppressor, therefore giving you more suppression, more uh, in terms of both sound and flash, I'm sure. Yep. Um, because you're starting with a shorter package. On the 14.5, I noticed that you have the little shorty boy from Surefire here. Right. And, uh, you know, so like... I think realistic expectations need to be realized here that a suppressor, whenever you know, despite the fact that it's a suppressor, you're shooting 223, which is going to be leaving the barrel supersonic. Yep. It's still going to be loud. It's still going to be pretty sparty. I, I, I don't think that you spicy. have these suppressors on here with the intention of being James Bond and just shooting darts. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's not the intent. Like, you're still going to get a, a pretty decent report out of, out of that thing. There's not going to be any secret about where you're going to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not at all like how Hollywood portrays it, which is where I think that uh, 300, 300 blackout kind of shines because you do have that 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 like line and sand delineation between super and sub. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Justin and I we sit at our desks and try to look up like decent decent well first of all affordable 
um, five five six that's sub, and it's it's kind of hard to find, man. I yeah, you know I mean? and, and it seems to me like I know we talked the one time about like shooting subsonics. I actually don't know what the uh, powder. Uh, capacity in a case for a 223 subsonic would look like but you know when you actually have the gun horizontal and the cartridge is horizontal oh. like is there just so little powder in there so to the point that, that it's actually not even yeah. igniting right with the primer yeah. I, I mean I, I know nothing know. about it but it could be like a more like a, like a voluminous powder to where like yeah like a larger larger kernels yeah. or something yeah. like that or maybe they've got I don't know I don't but know it's call me <laughs> <laughs> so in general I mean when you're when you're, what you're looking at uh, with 5.56 is you're looking for a muzzle device suppressor combination that will allow you to shoot, you know, unsuppressed inside of a home and uh, not blow your situational awareness or your ears, you know, out of the water. Mm-hmm. Or I, make I, I the think. situation tremendously worse for your loved ones that are... Yeah, you know, that's that's certainly the thing. I, I, like, I totally get the, the idea of creating the worst possible experience for an intruder as possible or and there may and and their friends maybe that might be waiting in oh, the vehicle yeah. Oh, yeah, i'm dude. Compl- screw their experience exactly i am true <laughs> we are not caring for them at all oh, no they're being like we're not we're gonna buffalo that situation as much as possible you know what i'm saying oh, yeah. um but um but yeah there's there's a lot to be said about maybe not cooking your loved ones and they're hearing you know what i mean and um and that's why like i would never take that 16 inch in 16 inch gun with that muzzle brake anywhere near my kids you know what i mean now um my kids have been around um like outdoor suppressed shooting um heck i've I've brought them here and they you know they won't they they, let's just say they like shooting the quiet guns more than the loud guns so um i think everyone does yeah i'm gonna be able to communicate with them if we had to uh, you know shoot move communicate type type deal inside of a home right um I'm not. It's not going to be that thing where I go up to my wife and it's like you know, like you know, it's it's like, it, which is interesting because that's how it is when um, my wife talks to me. Just oh regular. dear. Can I get that sound bite? I shouldn't have said that. It's good that she doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Please don't tell her. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, I, um. So yeah, I think cans have have their place in home defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they add length. That's the only issue with cans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they but, add but, length to your gun. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, and I think um, you know calling this the true CQB gun, I'm I'm of course pointing at the uh, 10.3 inch uh, gun that I have here, um, and like calling this not <laughs> that, you know what I mean? I think that the the same amount of of movement and, and manipulations it takes to maneuver this thing in a house, if you you just have to exaggerate those a little tiny bit, but you you get comparable performance. Yeah, I mean I, we have students coming in to you know the CQB course that we offered. Um, with 16 inch guns and they're fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just have to like get them maneuvering the gun a little more. And I mean, but otherwise rock on, man, you, you can get that job done. Yeah, for sure. Talk about your optics on here. Yeah. So you've got a low power variable on one. You got a red dot on the other. I do. Um, now some people are, are of the mindset that a low power variable optic will get you killed in the streets, i.e. the streets of your own <laughs> inside home. Yeah. And now, <laughs> You also have a red dot offset with your low power variable, I so do. I don't know if you can fully grunt at that statement I because do. you're still you're still a little that. attached yeah. to the red dot over I here. Do have that, but you, I mean, low power variable, you know, one to six, so one to four, one to six, one to eight, anything that starts on one and ends on a higher power, and commonly found on ARs. They're very nice jack of all trades, mm-hmm. if you will. They can do many things well. And like we've talked about a little bit before, okay, let's say you want to use this thing outside of the the smaller confines of your home. 
boom, it's ready to kind of like move into that space yeah. as well. Now, I think though the part where people are like, you know, oh, that's going to get you, uh, that's going to get you in trouble, is you know they see rifle scope and they think uh, confining, or mm-hmm. you know, you're looking through a tube much more so than you know with a red dot. Which in some ways, I mean, like if you really boil it down, and you're like, okay, what are red dots? At? Red dots good at? They're really more like specialized optics. They're really good at close up stuff. Right. Um, but that's part of the point. They weren't really made to be good at shooting long distance. Right. Like they're right. So I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts around for the home defense context, these two optics? So I, I think both are good. I'm not going to say that one is not as good as the other. So uh, full disclosure, when I first got the job at Vortex Edge, the very first gun that I was handed was a, a 14 and a half inch gun with this exact optic. Which is that's, that's, the razor, that's one a razor one to six, yeah, yeah. Our, our, our Gen two. So, um, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. I, I would only ever run red dots, you know, what I mean, ever, um, with the exception of like an accurate like SPR, like a special purpose rifle, yeah, that's a little longer, which is gonna, which is gonna be you know anything like sixteen inches to twenty, um, for those that want are interested, like look up like the Mark twelve program, that's kind of the SPR that I'm talking about. So, um. Yeah, you want a little bit of a hotter scope on that because you want to like really stretch its legs out, sure. right? But um, I quickly found out that man, if I just change the way that I think about aiming in general, and um, and just reapproach some th- some some ideologies that I kind of brought with me to this job, you can run these things pretty hard and fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I what I like, what I really dig about this guy, it has a really really forgiving eye box. You know what I mean? Um, what I mean by eye box is just my ability to just throw it up in front of my eyes and see what I need to see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The illumination in this thing, fantastic. You know what I mean? I just need to be able to, especially at the distances we're talking about, right? I don't need to like have my whole world shrink down to this tiny tube like this and that like that's all I'm allowed to look through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of equate it to like, you know, uh, when uh, back in the day when James Bond's James Bond movies was, would start, you'd have blacked out screen and then you would have the the, the just the one barrel. circle, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's that's kind of what you're doing to your to your awareness when you live through a tube. Now you can accomplish that kind of uh, 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 optic focus even with something like a red dot. It's entirely possible to shrink your world that small, right? Oh yeah, get get way too yeah. dug into yeah, the, it's it's the little tube. It's not something optic. that's just unique to the to the to the low power variable optics. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. Good job. Sweet. He usually messes up. I say LVPOs. He does. I mix it up as well. We've said yeah? it before, but these days the P and the V, nobody knows. I'm glad <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I am not. Yeah, but anyway, um, I, I found out very quickly, man, you can run these things hard and, and close and, 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 and fast. So, um, But I, I also understood that like I have to surrender to co- connecting to the target, which if we're being honest, if I am if I'm sitting like, 15 feet from like a door that I'm protecting, right? I'm not going to be like living through my scope like this, right? Okay, right. With my with this eye closed and like like looking for like a perfect representation of my my reticle on that entry point. Right. I am going to be looking at that door. And subsequently, if someone does make it through that thing, I'm going to be looking at them. 
right? right. I'm not going to be like hoping to like see my reticle. I'm going to be target focused, right? So at that point, all I need to do is just turn up the intensity on, on the illuminated reticle. And one of the cool things about the one to six is it's just a dot. I mean, right, it yeah, looks just on. like like the solar or, or the center dot on a Huey reticle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So really, I'm just looking for color. I'm look, I'm putting that that little red bead on on you know bad guy and you know whenever i make the decision that i have to defend myself that's that's all i need to see what are uh like what are some of these ideologies that you had to change i'm curious when you using a low power variable versus a red dot like was it just that you were so so kind of s- stuck in many ways as seeing anything that's a rifle scope as being something that you have to like live inside and look right. through and the only way you can actually use it right. is by looking through it and i not... have to close this eye yeah okay. i have to i have to see and focus on the crosshair or that yeah. center reference point on, on, on a reticle. Um, so as, 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 as soon as I broke from that, right. As soon okay. as I stopped, stopped looking at the world, uh, of, of these kind of optics through that lens, I was like, Oh dang, dude, I can apply that same target connection to just about anything. You know what I mean? So that way, like, even if I found my, found myself like at a low ready per let's say, right. And I still connected to bad dude. I just, I, I understand that all I, like at the distances we're talking about, I just need to see a flash of that reticle mm-hmm. appear where I'm looking, and and the rest is history. I just yeah. and then just it's about trigger pull at that point. You know what yeah. I mean? So and if you can present a red dot to your eye, you can present a little part. Hundred percent, man. Because I mean, 100%. the thing is, so looking through a red dot, like I could stand on the other side of the table and look down, and I could see through the red dot, and I could probably even see the red dot itself. And that's kind of the neat thing about it is it's 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 the most forgiving optic to look through. But if you're actually going to be making a halfway decent shot with your rifle and, you know, presenting the gun in a way that you've probably trained for and all that, bringing the optic up to your, to your face, to your eye, then the, the, the kinesthetics or whatever that is of that motion is pretty much the same if you're doing it with an LPV oh, or yeah, a red 100%. dot. And, and, and um, I've, I've become a, a huge fan and believer in high mounts even for these types of scopes. Mm. You know what I mean? So this is an ADM-193 mount. And for the same reason that you said, I can, I can, and this is like the tallest of the mounts, right? The, the Unity, the, dot, yeah. the Unity Fast for the red dot. Um, but they're both comparable. And I know, and I don't have to change a lot about like how I raise my shoulder or bring my, um, bring the, the uh, optic system up to my eye. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't lose anything in, in terms of accuracy, especially out of distance. I still have, I, I mean, I understand that I'm going to have to have an awareness of what, this reticle is doing at different distances. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but again, for like home defense, man, I just need to see that center, center flash of red on 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 the thing that I intend to 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 shoot, and then that's it, man. You know what I mean? But that all comes from understanding like target connection, how how our eyeballs work. I mean, they'll both work famously, and I think honestly, it's like. It, Pick which one you want to run and get used to it, yep. and then yeah. you'll be used to it. I mean, the red dot, a little bit lighter, maybe a little bit lower profile in a way, or there's less, there's less there. stuff, less weight. Yeah, there's less. You know, just, um, just yeah. Like if you pick these two, I mean, this is way lighter than like every like this guy here. You know what I mean? So I mean, it's much like we talked about earlier. You know, if you're getting one AR to do everything. Right, I think the low power variable is always going to make the most sense in my mind. But if you're getting your third, fourth plus AR, and you're like, this one is dedicated to, you know, I train with my other ARs, I'll shoot this one a little bit, but I'm going to keep it as, you know, like strictly for inside or something like that. Then, you know, I don't see why not get a red dot in that case, because uh, you've sort of already confined the gun to just one use. 
But if you want to have your gun be a little bit more like uh, a chameleon, then I think, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the chameleon of scopes is that. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Both of them have lights. They do. I was going to actually look for an opportunity to throw lights out there. Yeah. Yep. Um, Very important. I'm a big fan of having lights on guns. Yeah. Um, but independent of that, I will still kind of keep this guy by the by the nightstand. I'm I'm a big fan of um, of also having a, a handheld light kind of in the fight, so to speak. Sure. Um, in fact, I, I did a I do a demo at home defense of of using these guys independent of this. So like, um, I actually posted it posted it on on my Instagram account. But what I do is I I turn this on, right, and I'll okay. put it like on a dresser. Oh, the ninja trick! Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, so then, you know, unfortunately, like, we're, we're we're beings that like are attracted to light. So as soon as like, especially if I've been living in the dark, right? Um, you know, planning my my home invasion and everything, and I and I and I get in there, and the first thing that I see when when the door uh, flies open is this light. I'm gonna fixate on that. Well, what better place to be than not at the light source and be kind of off off angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it gives ambush. you, yeah, it gives, well, yeah. And you know, if you're, if you think that you have to fight these, uh, fights fair, then you're, you're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. I mean? Um, I, I am all about creating just the most, um, less than desirable kind of, yeah. like I said, experience for, I mean, for an intruder. Let's you know be I mean? honest. The British and the Americans way back when really figured the whole thing out for us. You don't have to stand in a line across from 100%. the bad guys. Guerrilla warfare, kind of man. Volley shots at them whenever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, um, yep. when you want to win, yeah, just uh, start <laughs> start cheating. Yep. It's not a cheat. Yep. And, <laughs> and plus, I am not going to, I'm not going to kick this guy. And, and, and guys, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm actually pressing the button on this tail cap to activate the light. I'm not going to do that. And like, help my kids and my my wife find stuff. Oh, you oh yeah, I mean? not yeah. with the light that's attached to the uh, no pointing end of your no. Or, five, I'm, five, six, or if I'm AR. looking for them, I'm not going to do this with the light and like point. I shudder. Or like tell a ghost yeah. story. Right. You know? Exactly. I sh- <laughs> I will, however, <laughs> do that with a handheld. Uh, I shudder at the thought, even though we do know of stories of people like with pistol lights who take out the pistol light and start you know using that to look around for things yep. on the ground. It's, yep. it's, yeah. Ma'am, can I see your license? <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you find it. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. No, not, dude. Don't do Everything that. Everything checks do that. out. Bang. Oh, carry on. Right. You know, carry on. Why don't you just go about your day? Plus, you know, PID is nice, right? Um, when bad guy does make it into your hard room, it's really nice to have an independent light source. PID is. PID, yeah, 100%, right? Or um, like what's the. You know, Mark's asking what you're talking about. Oh, oh uh, 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 positive identification. <laughs> uh, so yes. um, uh, other instructors use other words, but I think that just that PID process of, of um, accounting for both hands. Right, um, they've kind of taken all the other necessary steps out of it by 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 forcing themselves into the room, right? Especially yeah. if they're armed with, they've kind of made that decision for you. You know what I mean? In many ways, um, but I I still think that there's a lot of value in being being able to identify what people if if someone is a threat, especially in 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 a, in, a, in a in a in a situation where maybe they don't know that you're there. You know what I mean? And then you know all they all they have is like handheld light on them. And they don't know where you are specifically, but I, I, I can light them up and, and, and get a full idea of what's going on. You know yeah. I mean? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think the lights, lights have a great, great, a lot of uses in that context. Um, for sure. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, making the AR like optimal for shooting and control, um, you know, something that you want that's going to promote, you know, accuracy and, 
whatever, uh, all those good things. You have kind of like a like a double hand stop situation going on here. Well, I'm noticing a couple things. He's got a We're, vertical. He's got a, so he's got yeah like a vertical for grip. One yep. is more, and then the other is a little bit curved. But then you also have a hand stop. It appears. Yeah. So what I've done is, is that what that would be. Yeah. 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 Say that was, so uh, yeah, in, that was in, some good vernacular. Mark. Yep. To answer your your question about this setup in particular, yes, it's it's parts from two different uh, Ford Assist kind of kind of systems, right? Um, this is a handbrake from Emissary, and this is the Ford attachment of a handbrake kit from Magpul. So the reason that I like that is just it it kind of just guides my hand in. And okay, it, and I and I can feel that that the, the pressure mm-hmm. in there, and I just I just think it, it for me it just buys me a little more consistency. Um, you kind of have touch points like fore and aft, right? Then. Right. Okay. Right. I don't know. For me, I I kind of dig that, and and, and I also, like it on a shorter gun because if you don't have the can on there, it's helping you in the dark or without like visual confirmation keep from accidentally putting a pointer finger in front of a right a barrel. Right. Or, See, I've got like the little guy, but I don't have the. The big The big Yeah. Maybe yeah. you need the big Maybe I need I'll to. send you a link, man. All right. Um, and, and and also, if I had to rest this little nub on something, it's really cool to just kind of put it on something and not depend on, like, my hand and or... be able to, like, push into the gun right, a little bit. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not I'm not getting sucked in all the way to, like, this surface. I'm, I'm, I am I'm can stop it here. You know, okay. That's another idea. Um, and then uh, with the vertical foregrip, that's something that, that I did. That It's one of the first attachments I ever bought for this gun. And I've just yet to change it. Honestly, I would probably want this same setup on here. Okay. Um, but it, there's there's nothing wrong with it. I, I've not done it because I haven't convinced myself that I need to yet. You know what I mean? So. Can we talk more about vertical foregrips? <laughs> sure. They got a they 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 came on scene and it was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, that's so during cool. the G watts. Yeah. Yeah. I, was like, I want one yeah. of those. I saw that dude on the hurt locker when he's going mm. up behind his Humvee and he's yelling at that dude for going all. Cowboy out there trying to defuse bombs or whatever. That was a hurt locker, right? Yeah. So yes. They did bomb defusing one. Yeah, and he's got it. And I'm like, yeah, that guy. That one. And, never, and then everyone was like, no, vertical foregrips are dumb. But now it's like I see vertical foregrips. Well, then some states are time. like, you shouldn't have that. Uh, well, yeah. It's, it makes the gun more murdery. I, <laughs> I actually have gone to the point where I kind of like having them on guns, and I like using them similar to how Chris is using it now. I think we need to address that like a vertical foregrip isn't necessarily used to just put your whole like meat fist hand yeah. on like the whole grip right. and kind of like, you know what I mean? It's not like a, like a motorcycle handle that you grab onto with your whole fist. hundred percent. Yep. You, you use it probably similar to how I use it. It's almost like a really oversized hand stop that you, you bring the gun back to your shoulder with, with that outstretched right. Right. in our case, left hand uh, for right-handed shooters. Um, right? Yeah. So I, I like to think of it as um, I like to keep things pretty consistent in the way I hold a rifle than I do a pistol. Right? A pistol, I kind of have this this angle where if I open my fingers, there's 45 degrees. They're pointing 45 degrees towards the ground. Same idea with the. Can, it, can I? Yeah. All right. So if I yeah. if I pick this guy up, you can, can see. see Ryan's goodies over there. You can see like. My my wrist is kind of at that same angle where if I open my fingers, they'd be at oh. forty five degrees. Yeah. But I interact more with the rail. 
You know what I mean? It's not it's not just like this. Right. You know what I mean? Uh ladies, if your if your potential boyfriend says, uh, I know how to hand gu- handle guns, he takes you to the range and holds a gun like this, like find a new boyfriend. Leave him. Yep. Um anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> relationship <laughs> but, advice. Yeah. yeah from Chris. Yeah, that advice. Um but anyway, so yeah, I, I like I'll, either way, with either system, either the handbrake or even a vertif- vertical foregrip, I will still grab over the top and even run my thumb either over the top here or just kind of lay it at the side where I yeah. have more positive. I, I just feel I'm better connected to the gun. Yeah. You know I mean? And well, I'm able to, to pull it to the rear. And that's why it seems like so many vertical foregrips these days have shrunk in their length. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It used to be that they had, you had that old broom handle from mm-hmm. Knight's Armament. And I still have one. I want to put it on something for like nostalgia's sake. <laughs> But every time, Irony, I, maybe? Uh, yeah. Every but then time you're worried somebody's gonna be like, "You like that? Oh um, yeah, bro. That's but not clone ev- correct, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every time I put it on, though, I'm like, ah, it's like you know the way I use mm-hmm. a vertical foregrip. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's like four inches of just unused foregrip yeah. still sticking out, and yeah. then I take it off. It's and like I was gonna a say that's monopod, maybe, possibly. Yeah. And I was gonna say one of the popular things that a lot, a lot of guys like to do, a lot of uh, guys and gals, they they'll actually chop these, yeah, and make a handbrake anyway. You know what I mean? Um, I just it seems easier just to get that one. Yeah, uh, dude, I really like these things. The the, uh, the handbrake kits. I I think they're they work fine. They get you really connected to the gun. Um, mm-hmm. and, it seems and it slightly you, more ergonomic to yep. what you're trying to accomplish as well. Yes. Like you got more of like a ninety there. I mean, it's got a little crease in there. I don't know, but yeah. But you're not really ever holding it like at a true ninety. If you're, in my opinion, holding it right. But I mean, you're you're still kind of just like getting a lot of your hand in that pocket. Yeah, and, and holding on to it. You know fairly yeah. well, mm-hmm. and I I really like that because I feel like if I ever had to go to a low ready, and I and I was holding it like at a ninety degree, I I, I I just feel like it takes a little more work to get it back where I need it. Whereas like a, a good forty five degree, I can just I like just snap it up a little yeah a little right. for me yeah. I mean to like put even put a little more context too because yeah I don't like it when people say don't do something they don't give you a reason. I mean when you hold when you hold that vertical foregrip at like ninety degrees you get your whole fist on it. Mm-hmm. You know I mean really you're you're removing your hand from you know being closer to the bore of the rifle, and you're allowing the rifle just a lot more opportunity to wiggle around in your right. grip. You know when you really clamp yourself in uh, to the AR you you have a lot more control yep. uh, mm-hmm. over it. Yep, and you can you can pull into into your shoulder, right? Exactly. Now I'm a big fan of also like if you're going to be pulling rearward, like get your shoulder active active into the gun as well, right? So you almost oh, kind of okay. vice the gun in, right? So um, mm-hmm. I just feel like attachments like these is really really help with that. Yeah. Um, quad rails on both, they're back. For Chris, they uh, never for left. For me, they never left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> No man, um, I just you know Daniel has has dropped the wrist three, which these are wrist twos, which are the like like you guys just mentioned the quad rails. Um, yeah, I I don't, I'd be hard pressed to ever be convinced to buy anything other than a quad rail. You know, I I'm gonna get canceled. I get it. Probably, right? I get it. <laughs> because M lock and key mod, yeah, you can put stuff anywhere. But what ends up happening is you wind up sticking a bunch of pick rails and all this other stuff on it anyway that it's like well why did we get rid of the quad rail in the front i don't know i think quad rails kind of fill out your hand a little bit nicer it seems like and you can put stuff anywhere obviously you got you got switchology i think that's a term some people yes have been it is and Indeed. saying lately you got some switchology going mm-hmm. on for your for your light obviously potentially a laser too you you can you can put your grips on here anywhere you don't have to be buying accessories online you have to wait to get shipped to you to right. adapt something to key monitor to m lock it's it's nice and the 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 only thing that i give back is weight 
You know what I mean? Yeah, they are a little bit more portly. Yeah. But like, you've never been afraid of uh, a heavy gun. Well, look at those you? arms, though. Uh, you're going to make me blush here, man. Look, now he's, now he's hiding Now I'm arms. hiding he's them. Self-conscious. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, that's, that's I just had, like, M-Lock uh, and Keymod are, uh, I think, yeah. um, they just are a little lighter. Less material there, right? Up with all the holes and stuff. Yeah. Um, these are going to be a little heavier. So, I mean, that's that might, might be something that you think about, especially for a your... A person could... Uh, Weigh their options on that one. You're getting better. At That's better. very every, good. Every that was very organic, actually. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I will say now's the time that I say this because Mike isn't here to defend it, but I I just don't like Mlock. I'm Team Keymod or Pictini. Anyway, I can see that. That that was for <laughs> no one else other than just Mike Griffin down at the range. Um, oh, I can hear Mike Griffin making right. Mike Griffin see, right see, What camp does he fall oh, in? He's big oh, M-Lock, M-Lock guy. He loves M-Lock. M-Lock. Yeah. I just don't like because uh, he, he put the M-Lock in the slot and then he tried to tighten it and it's the little thing inside is spinning around and around. And it's, anyway. I've had to do a lot of, uh, let's say, finagling. customization finagling yeah. to have M-Lock in my day. I, I can't help but notice, Chris, that mm-hmm. between these two guns, so the, the short one and the 14.5, now you have many accoutrement that you've added and i don't know if we can really there's really not enough time to go into all of them but you know extended mag release button you've got the nice short throw safety lever you've got the bad lever for uh being able to manipulate the bolt hold open and all that with your with your right hand um you've got a geisley trigger you've got the same pistol grips you've got the same magwell flare thing um you know a lot of the same stuff the buttstocks are actually a little bit different i'm you know but it's. Do you tend to do that across all of your ARs to try and keep some level of the same, you know, I think people call it like a manual of arms or something yep. like that, where yep. like, I know that regardless of which of my ARs I pick up, when I lift my my trigger finger up, I'm going to hit this bad lever and therefore I can, I can hold open my bolt when I pull the charging handle back. Or when I go to rack the charging handle back, it's the same charging handle on all my guns. You know, do you try and do that across the board to just make sure it's... All copacetic, or yeah, I do. I just, I just like uh, continuity across yeah. the board. Um, so I try to outfit them the exact, the as, as, as you know, as much as possible. I think, I think having a charging handle where you can get a positive purchase on the on the uh, on the lever and have that be ambidextrous, I think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being able to send that bolt forward or lock it to the rear from either side is important. Um, now I will say for the amount of monies that it took to make these guns somewhat ambidextrous, like there are other manufacturers out there that ju- they just come that way, right? You know what I mean. So you also have to weigh that that um, the, the the cost analysis or, or do a cost analysis of how much it's going to cost you to to make uh, a gun uh, ambidext ambi so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what that's going to run you. Or do I just go with option X that already has those things kind of there? You know what I mean? And that's that's tough because, like, so I've got a, a few guns that I've done, for example, the Magpul mm-hmm. Bad Lever 2, right? And so that's something that you add to a pretty standard AR lower. And I would say, it, yeah. I, I think they work phenomenal. Yep. Um, but then I went and I decided, okay, I'm going to treat myself, treat yourself <laughs> day. And I went and got an ADM. Gun, mm-hmm. Right, I got mm-hmm. one of their uh, UICs. Uh, yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. thirteen seven thing. Right, so I got that. And what? Thirteen nine. Thirteen nine. Oh, okay. Well, it's sixteen in the end. So what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw off, ATF. Um, <laughs> well, okay, I need, I need that time. Like, so <laughs> I got that. Now that is ambidextrous, and you actually use the same. 
your trigger finger for a right-handed shooter right. in order to manipulate the bolt hold open and bolt release, but it's just different enough, right? Right. Because in right. that case, it's above the magazine release. Yes. So yep. like now. I have to consciously remember when I pick up the ADM, I got to reach up a little bit further to, to hold the bolt open. Whereas with all my other guns, that bad lever is right there. Right. And if I had one of the, is it AXTS? It used to be called some, or wait, maybe it used to be called um, AXTS. One of those I, know, I know what you're talking about. They're real, really, really nice ones. Yeah. Anyway, but you get yeah, one of those things, those super duper ambi things. It's a different button entirely. I think it's right. the mag release button. If I'm recalling correctly, things. it does yeah. all the things and that holds open your belt. So when you're having to switch and, you know, let's say your gun that you train with, you do that operation one way and then your home defense gun is a totally different thing. That's not exactly the time that I'm going to want to be telling myself, okay, bad guys in your house, uh, but don't forget if you got to do this thing with your gun, like if you got to charge the gun or you got to do something with it to make it operational, like don't forget it's this way, don't forget it's this way, don't forget, oh, by the way, got to go get my kid. Don't forget it's this way, don't, you know, right. like I don't want to be trying to coach myself to remember that. Yeah. I think that's a really good point to yeah. maintain that consistency between and your that's, ARs. That's what I've tried to do. And I, and I want to make to where like any member of my family can like run this guy and immediately like get into this guy and it's the same manual yeah. of arms like yeah. you said you know what i mean um i mean yeah. and even that you know you look at the flared magwell there hopefully in a home defense scenario i'm just loading one mag and i'm not worried about mag changes mm -hmm. right like hopefully you know you can uh stop the threat within a single mag yeah. but i can also see like if that's something well i mean you might be putting in a mag so maybe you just want the ease of operation of even inserting that first Meg, right. right? But even if it just matches your other ones, just having everything fit and right. feel the same. They're, I mean, they're nice to have uh, the, the flared magwells. These are these are flared magwells from a company called HRF. Um, I would say in like low light conditions, it just makes it really easy yeah. to just find that magwell um, under nods. It's really nice. Um, but people have been finding magwells with magazines for a long time without it. Um, I just think that because I wanted that kind of performance out of and, and kind of have the, the continuity across the board, mm -hmm. just why not? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, in fact, like I would say, a lot of deal breakers for me, like I like have to haves. I, I I'm just a, a big fan of the bad lever. Um, so I would, I mean, and that's not that expensive. That's, I mean, you're looking at like twenty, thirty bucks. Install time is maybe forty five seconds. Yeah, if that. I don't have those. Oh, we gotta get you, get you some. Man. Yeah, some people have called those the I best thing since sliced bread. I think I have like. Can you show? I don't need. So here, um, the the way they work is that guys. Uh, the so they install on the on an already existing uh, bolt release, Kay. right? So it's just like uh, two pieces. They sandwich on, and you tighten that screw up, and you're done, right? So now that uh, my bolts kind of locked to the rear here, this is the other side of that bad lever. So if I press that down, I send the bolt forward. Right. So okay. I'm not on the hook for reaching over here every time and sending the bolt forward with with the okay. uh, the bolt release. I feel embarrassed. I, I no, probably should be embarrassed. Deal, man. Because there there might be people about people right, out there. There's a lot know. of things you should be embarrassed about, but this is definitely yep. not knowing how so, this thing is not. One. So here's another thing. Well, now so you got me. Get, I've got all sorts of anxiety <laughs> over like the other things that you're thinking about. Great. Thanks, so that's Jim. if I there there you got me back. You got me back. You're welcome. Yeah. The 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 tables have turned. Um, so that's that's if I depress or press down on that button. Now, if I hold that button up and run the charging handle, mm -hmm. I lock it to the rear. Oh, sweet! Without having kind of to, to release mm -hmm. the fire control unit on on the rifle. And I mean, that's they came up with just a kind of a, a 
when you look at it, it looks a little goofy in some ways, but they came up with a really elongated and cantilevered extension of the the thing that already existed on the AR. Mm-hmm. And it requires next to no work to actually yep. put this thing on. It, it is awesome. Yep. So uh, I would say I would say bad lever might be a deal breaker, um, or, or something that I, I I've just run them enough to where I, I just have to have. You know what I mean? Um, I I think that the the ambi safe is nice to have as well, and and, and being able to, these are uh, radiant safeties that you can make into forty five degree safeties, so you don't have to go all the way ninety degrees. Not saying that that extra forty five degrees is somehow like a time suck or anything like that, but I, it's a nice to have again. Um, but I, it's something that it I've kind of kind of gotten used to. If once you get used to those and you go back to the ninety degree, you do find. Oh my gosh! I'm still on safe. I'm out of the fight. I know. Sometimes the hardest part is doing it with your pinky in the air. But um, <laughs> so, but like, I have found occasionally I'll short stroke the ninety degree somewhat. That's like I, I brought it yeah. to like eighty eight, and then yep. it's still on yep. or something. Yep. You know. So, but with the forty five degree, it's just so quick to just off. Right. right. I'm nice, sure man. that, or I would think also that again goes back to like what are you used to and keeping that consistent because that yeah, actually right. could be a I, I could I don't know like yeah. even just like when something feels different it leaves question marks in yeah, your head it does so I'm gonna date myself a little bit right um, I I bought these safeties for all the, all my ARs and I left it in 90 degrees wow. so I had these safeties you for a like, long time I have the option to be better but I I'm didn't gonna... know I had the option oh you did yeah I didn't know I, I was like is there so does Radian make like an a standalone forty five degree? And I was like, no, dude, just flip the pin. And I went, it was it was just a revelation that mm-hmm. kind of it mm-hmm. was it was it blew my mind. So you've yeah. got the uh, same pistol grip here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I imagine, which one is that? This, this is, is a BCM. A, yep, right? a BCM Gunfighter Mod Three. Mod Three. Yeah. Uh, now that plays in, I'm sure, to your presentation of mm-hmm. the gun, right? 100%. Like pistol grips aren't necessarily like I think people sometimes swap them out, like they swap out I don't know, like whatever. I, I set order. myself up for that one. Um, okay, but anyway, they swap them out a lot, or they have all kinds of different ones on different guns. But it, it plays into kind of how the gun feels. You know, it's yeah. it's other than the handguard, it's the well, part it's you interact with the most. Contact point for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I just like these because it's a little more of a vertical angle than like a standard A2. Mm-hmm. Right, an A two. Like I feel like like there's a little more of a of a of an angle here. Mm-hmm. I just like to keep things as neutral as possible, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I involve like these three fingers here and making sure that they don't become interested in what this finger is doing, and I don't. I'm not like pushing in the shots. Although like I'm able to hide a lot of those in, in, inconsistencies and in what this hand is doing with the other four points of contact. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but it's just a, again, it's just a comfort thing, and then like a setting the gun up for me. Right, and my wife shoots them very well. She loves she loves that that angle as well. She um, big fan. Nice, yeah, yeah. When you said setting the gun up for you, I mean, where you've placed everything on these guns. I think this is just something that's worth mentioning to everybody. Don't look at Chris's gun, despite all the experience he has, the fact that he's an instructor, he, he knows a lot of what he's doing. Don't look at his gun and just be like, oh, he's got that you know vertical grip there, or he's got his switch there, or his flashlight's mounted there. Or he did you know he uses this, whatever it is. And just like, just photocopy it and put it on yep. your own AR yep. because it takes some finagling to get it set up right for you. Like, oftentimes people, you know, around here around the office, it's like show and tell every day. I swear with people's ARs or something like that. But it's like, hey, check this out. Mm-hmm. And you pick it up and you're like, oh, this is really cool. But a lot of times you can tell when you've when you've like picked someone else's AR yeah. up because you're like, it doesn't feel right yeah. to me. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm sure I could get used to it. But like, if you've got something that you're jiving with that's working, 
you know, it's it's best to stay with that. Well, unless it can you're be. unless you're invested in like changing up uh kind of what you're doing. Or if you are, you know, we've said this before too, sometimes people invest too much into how it feels, but they're like new to firearms and shooting in general. So it's kind of like can you really trust your feeling at yeah, that point, yeah. you know, because you have yet to adapt like, or, or uh, um, sort of appreciation for what, yeah, yeah, yeah a yeah. good feeling uh, innately. But, you know, I think once you do get that dialed in, um, you can always just tell when you pick up your AR. I know I can tell when I pick yeah, up mine. Cause like, oh, everything is where yeah. it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. I would say, like, uh, my first experience, of course, shooting these things were in, back in boot camp in 2003. I picked up a, um, what was it, a 20-inch A3, and I was like, well, I don't want that. You know what I mean? So I've, you know, in my adult life, I've I've been able to do a lot, play a lot of Legos, let's say, with these things. And that's one of the cool things about the AR in general, right? That it's so customizable, right? Yeah. So like trying to clone something that some other unit or, or somebody, some other person did, I think, I think is, is kind of a mistake. You do have to get a feel for how the gun moves, how it's going to report and recoil, recoil. For, wow, I just said that really weird. Recoil uh, for you. And then... Start going and then go from there. If you don't like the way it moves or what the, what your sights look like when when in in um in follow through, then then obviously do something about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I I would like I said, there's a there's a lot of guns out there um that are just fine out of the box. Like you don't have to nerd out as much I do, as I did. But and um that's what I tell my buddies to do, man. They're like, hey man, I'm looking to pick up my first AR. Do you just like I send them links, a bunch of options, and you know the the, the pros and cons to each. And then if they're interested and if we want to have that talk, we can certainly talk about like other accessories, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But man, as long as you have a method of confirming where it's pointed, you know, an optic, you know what I mean? Um, and when you take the safety off and you press the trigger, it goes boom. I think you're in a pretty good place. You know what I mean? I like it. Should yeah. we end with the most important thing on the table? The wedgets. Oh, the thing that you're. Are you still you have a question mark over your head about that thing? Yeah. What do you got going on there? Why? Do, I mean, like, I mean, this is a lot fancier. Ryan's got a doorstop that he uses sometimes too. Yeah. Oh, so you don't even know. Chris has a whole presentation about doorstops. Yes, I'm a big fan. So uh, the, when when I, I I first got exposed to these things uh, during my days on SWAT, um, we first started our wedging um, experience. <laughs> With uh, just wooden doorstops, like we yeah. made our own, right? But the, the, the problem there is uh, they don't have a lot of friction. So if you get wood on like you know semi hard oh, okay. surface, it's just, it's just there's not going to be any resistance there, right? So th- the reason that we like these is that they have all these different surfaces, and uh, each one has an, an application, and they're rubberized, right? So that um, that texture interacts well on hard surface. Oh man, it does great on carpet. Like if you have a door that opens in on you, like most. I don't know, most most uh, bedrooms in the Midwest, I mean, that's the way they are. Like, everything else is kind of hardwood, but you get into that bedroom and it's carpet. You know what I mean? Like, these things are going to bite into carpet and make it um, really, really difficult for someone to I mean, kind of push much that door open on you. Break the door off the hinges. Like, yeah, like yeah. Like, flatten the door. Like, you can only hope to gap incrementally, but think about how much time that's taking for an intruder. And, and you know... How much noise. How much is. noise, how much time they're giving you to, like... Yeah. You know, make a decision and do what you have to do. Um, but yeah, it's it's like anything else, man. These are these are a delay tactic. They're not they're not really like I'm going to put that there and that door isn't going to move. 
right? Because you have doors have other weak points. They have hinges, and you sure. know, if you do get the door open, it's, or it's not locked, like you certainly have that bowing or that yawning that happens. Um, and you know, there's all there's a, a bunch of different ways that you can get in on someone. But yeah, these these do make really good delays um, and buy you back a lot of time, in my opinion. So like one of the things that we'd like to do as a family is like we will we'll just rehearse and like, um, you know, a certain individual in my family knows that, you know, their job is this guy, like nothing else. Like when, when we're all in, inside, you you get to put those on the door. You know what I mean? Um, and so we make it kind of a game and, you know, we don't make it super heavy for, for the youngins. Um, but everyone has a job and, you know, it's one You're of the last like, things. Everybody's dead. You didn't. Three yeah. seconds. Three seconds. You didn't do fault. it. Beep. Uh, you know, I'm I'm wearing that that yeah. obnoxious stopwatch around my, and I have an air horn. How does it That's feel? How it. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel to know that you <laughs> let us all down? Yeah. Anyway, so um, we we use them more in a context like to keep doors open, like after clears, right? It's just an easy way to just shove this and keep a door open to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, I've cleared this part of the the structure. Okay. Um, but they also work great in keeping doors closed, man. You know what I mean? Um, they, they when you they, first brought it out, the, I was only because I only context i've used a doorstop was right. to hold a door open right. yeah. and then when you're like oh yeah it's a delay test like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah. and they work you, you can lay them like this way where like this this uh this rubber texture is kind of under the door but if you have like higher doors like in basements um what's another good example like front doors tend to be pretty high because you have that, mm-hmm. um, that little step over to get over but you, you can actually put them in the door like that and they will do a really good job of 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 coming to a stopping point and and, and delay there as well so yeah um they're on amazon um they're just something that's become a kind of staple in our home defense plan the wedge it mm-hmm. otherwise, otherwise known as the wedge it <laughs> 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 yeah or you could read it like that too the wedge i'm just i'm such i'm so i'm such a computer guy jim the wedge information technology <laughs> <laughs> but yeah to answer your question man that's what they are cool Holy tactics yep also, uh, furniture and other things can be wedged into places to keep doors from opening. So, I mean, you don't have to buy like, uh, you know, eleven ten dollar uh, you know, widget or, or wedge it or just a thing. But I, I just think having a purpose driven tool for that purpose is is pretty powerful. Where do you keep that in the house? And then where do you keep that? It's kind of like a, that's somewhat odd. You know what I mean? Like when you're like. Where do you keep that? So I just it? I just you try to right keep them to the door. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, so if if a door opens uh, in a certain way, I'll keep it right there on the hinge side, right? So it's not visible to like my my, my youngest, and he'll like pick them up and move them all over the place. Like um, if the door's open, there there it's hidden right there, and when the door closes, oh there it is, boom! I I can I can put it in. Makes a lot of sense. You're not like it. somebody go to the drawer and get <laughs> no, the yeah. right. same place people keep most doorstops or um if you not a big doorstop guy (laughs) if you have like a like a walk-in closet or something like that a lot of those will have the shelving units Mm -hmm. i just put it like eye level either on like a mounting uh like bracket or a hook or something and i'll just make it to where like it's impossible to not see chris couldn't help himself he had to get tan but i found bright green ones i was gonna say i noticed you know those are those are good lime green yeah i think i think having ugly it's like with, with tourniquets man like like uh like a tourniquet this color on on me would probably be the worst thing ever made. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but like having like a bright orange or a bright um, not not a bright blue; those are trainers, but like a bright orange tourniquet, something that that pops, I think is is, is wise. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, so I'm all about the 
the highlighter green. Yeah. Like those we've we've actually bought those for students. Like these were the first run because I was I was left to 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 do that. And Somebody course, said, "Hey, Chris, go get these," and he was like, "Okay, cool." I was like, be bet, ten. Bet. I was gonna say it's, it's, it has nothing to do that you possibly have some sort of affinity towards like FDE. Uh, can you? I don't know if you noticed, but this this ten point three gun in front of us, I it's entirely tan. I thought like aside I thought, from a few little metal pieces, it's basically entirely tan. And the inside of the receiver. I thought the only reason Chris brought the black one was to just show how inferior it was just because it's not Right. Yeah. There's that too, guys. Like like FDE. Uh, getting an FDE gun will increase your chances of surviving a home defense situation uh, <laughs> by seventy three percent is was it was Study the, last I pulled, maybe, yeah. the way you said yeah. that it sounds like you heard it on Detroit Urban's <laughs> Hey. Intelligence Increase your probability. Get, get, an, get an FDE gun. Yeah, man. I like them. Yeah. ARs are uh, ARs are cool. They're great tools, man. They're absolutely Vers- great tools. Versatile. And uh, everyone should have one. Violence at a distance, man. That's what I'm all about. I like it. I like it. Well, Chris, thank you very much. Jim, thank you. You're welcome, Mark. <laughs> and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, let us know what's uh, what are your thoughts on this podcast? Is the AR your primary home defense? How is yours set up? Any cool ideas? We like ideas. I love ideas. Uh, and uh, I love FDE too. And is is your AR FDE? Maybe it should be. Chris will say yes. Ten out of ten, Chris is saying yes. Percent. Uh, awesome. Thanks, everybody. Well, happy hunting, shooting. Be safe out there. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. There you have it, folks. Thank you very much for listening. As usual, give this video a like if you liked it. Comment something below and give us a subscribe to the Vortex Nation podcast channel. It would mean a lot to us. Also, why don't you give us a follow over on Instagram while you're at it, at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'd love to hear from you over there, and we'll keep you updated with all kinds of cool photos and videos from our adventures that we do here. Otherwise, we will see you on the next one. Thank you again. Happy hunting and shooting, everybody. Have a good one.